Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure, the honour of talking movies and films with the Ken to my Barbie. His name's James. Hello there. And this week's no exception as we roll into another episode, another week of Sorry You're In My Seat, an hour to an hour and a half of film waffle and chit chat from two guys You've got nothing better to do on a Sunday night. We're just, we're just friends who've got opinions. We like your opinions. We like you to listen to our opinions. Opinions. Let's just get people talking about cinema because cinema needs it. It does. It does. <laughs> it needs this and apparently Barbie too. <laughs> and it will have saved the universe. Because uh, Mission Impossible, I mean, apparently that is an impossible mission is to get people into the cinema because yep. it's not working. Because apparently the human race only cares about three things. Magical space ninjas. Star Wars. Yeah. Barbie blowing shit up. Oh, Marvel. There you go. Oh, okay. Marvel, there yeah. you go. You see? But then again, Marvel has gone and shot itself in the foot. So, you know, you know, it's the world that we live in now. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the film Barbie, because James has been to the cinema. Yeah, I have. I, I went there, mate. I Barbie heimered everywhere. You've already discussed uh, Oppenheimer in our Chris Nolan episode, which was a couple back. Which, which was great. I know that you were going to go see it, but I feel, looking at you, mate, I feel life has got to you. I've seen a lot of films, but Oppenheimer <laughs> is not one of them. I've seen so many films that we're going to talk about next week. This week, we're going to keep it nice and closed because we're going to talk about Barbie because it is breaking the billion. It is saving cinema. And by all accounts, people are loving this film. Um, I'm also going to talk about Gal Gadot's new release on Netflix, which has just come out, so it seems relevant to talk about it for once, a film as it's come out. Um, that's Heart of Stone, uh, which we're going to talk about. And then we're going to do a deep dive into a podcast favourite. We've done this before with uh, actors like Amy Adams. We've done it with our top favourite Chris Hemsworth movies. You know, we've done directors, but one reoccurring name in this podcast who we haven't done a deep dive into is Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, the Lawrenceinator. What that, that no one's Jen- calling her. What happened to Jennifer Lawrence? We'll find out. Well, she's had a kid. Oh, that's why Hollywood dates. <laughs> and threw her out. There you go. See, sorted. So we're going to look at Jennifer Lawrence's career, to, uh, uh, an actor that James and I uh, fondly admire and some great films in that catalogue, in that uh, filmography. So we're going to pick, as always, our favourites, our top picks, our wild cards, our ones to avoid. That's the Jennifer Lawrence bit. But before all of that, we're going to start with Barbie or how you're doing. I don't know, James. I've only done this for 250 something times. I don't know how this podcast works. Let's start with Barbie because like you said, Barbie has made the news yet again. Why has it made the news? Because it has breached the billion. You can't go anywhere without people having an opinion on the Barbie movie. Either you're a right-wing troll who thinks that Barbie's the worst thing to happen to male rights since nothing because males rule everything or you think it's the great great movie that you as a young girl have been waiting for. Mm. Barbie. Directed by Greta Gerwig. There you go. The Greta Gerwig, who, who has basically been chasing Oscar gold for quite a while now, <laughs> has now made the most popular film, Barbie. This is weird. <laughs> it's a weird, weird world that we live in. I, I mean, yeah, Little Women, everyone was like, yeah. Weird. I mean, I, I remember I remember when Little Women was, I mean, they did get Oscar nods, but Greta but Gerwig didn't. didn't. Did yeah. and, and I remember being on Twitter and I got, I think it was my most popular tweet. Uh, on, on, sorry, was it, that's a funny way to spell Gregor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when a name wasn't announced. And fucking the internet agreed with me for once on Twitter. Um but I mean Lady Bird as well. If you're talking about filmography of yes, Gregor, Lady Bird well. is is such a good film. I love that film. Um so Gregor now throwing a hat a hat into the ring with, with Barbie, which obviously Barbie nowadays is 
the girl that dolls play with, it, it's nothing to aspire to, but but is that what this film is about? In the same veins as films, you know, based on, you know, toys, Mattel has brought out and allowed people to make a film about Barbie, starring Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, America Ferrara, Kate McKenna, Michael Cera, Simu Lee, and Helen Mirren. And I'm just going to tell you, Helen Mirren is the narrator in this film. It's something special. Mm. Like, she tickles you. And of course... Will Ferrell, which you'd expect to be in this film. <laughs> like, like when Barbie was announced, I bet, well, I bet Will Ferrell was in this. I know there's a cameo in this that I just, I, and I've seen this, the cameo. Is is it The Mermaid? Yeah. Yeah. And it just Hench, looks, mate. yeah, beautiful. <laughs> is there a Cindy in this film? There is not a Cindy. Because <laughs> I thought they would have replaced a Karen with a Cindy. So it's basically, this film was announced in September 2009 and Universal Pictures as basically, this has been like development hell. What's been going on? The amount of cast as well has been with it. So when I first remember, apparently Anne Hathaway was signed on, but I remember it was the uh, comedian Amy Schumer. That's when I remember yeah. hearing like, that was going to be a thing. Casting wise, this film is probably phenomenal. And I, you're, you've discovered Ryan Gosling. I remember you, you recognised him in the film Murder by Numbers. You, yeah. you came up to me, you were like, I've seen the next big thing. This guy. This guy, out. he's the thing. Ryan Gosling does the all-round performance in this movie. He's a cliche, you know, he, the Ken in the Barbie world. So quick synopsis, but I do not want to ruin the storyline for you because if you're one of the few people that hasn't actually seen Barbie, I'm going to tell you now, you probably should watch it. And I'll tell you why in a bit. But Barbie Land exists. All of the Barbies have, like, avatars, if you will. Margot Robbie plays the standard, normal Barbie. The the, the the Barbie. Not the Dr. Barbie, not the presidential Barbie. She plays the not, Barbie. Not Malibu Barbie. Not Malibu Barbie. She's just the Barbie. She lives in a world where Barbies run everything. There's a Barbie president. There's a Barbie <laughs> doctor. The Kens, mate, they're just there. They beach, mate. They beach hard. <laughs> Ryan Gosling plays Ken. Ken. His, his existence is to be with Barbie. And then basically events happen and they end up in the real world where Ken learns about the patriarchy <laughs> and the role of men and <laughs> horses. And he might bring this back to Barbie land. Barbie has to go there because she starts feeling like a depression. She starts feeling things like she can't stand on her tiptoes. She goes flat footed like a normal person. She no longer is comfortable wearing high heels. It's because there's a person playing with her Barbie in the real world that's experiencing real life problems and they're transforming into Barbie world. Like she's not perky and grey she's depressed mm. she's got cellulitis <laughs> mate I, I can't hold it back anymore and I know I was talking about I'm trying to build suspense but it's really hard to build suspense for a film that I quite clearly fucking loved to pieces to the point where I thought the last three weeks in cinema I've seen Oppenheimer and I've seen Barbie and they are two of the best films I've seen in fucking years it was so funny the writing was so perfect the inside jokes the 4-4 breaking at one point Margot Robbie's character Barbie goes on a rant about how she's not good looking and she feels ugly then to be interspliced by Helen Mirren's narrator saying movie makers if you really wanted to make this point you probably shouldn't have cast Margot Robbie cracking joke and I'm going to tell you now you might have discovered him mate with murders by numbers but I never thought you'd think that 2023's Barbie would be the best performance Ryan Gosling's ever given that's right I'm putting up there with Drive mate Oh, it was that good he is fucking phenomenal anywhere else Ken would be a 10 when you see the film that'll make sense to you it's a great they have a, f a fight dance at the end mate which was plucked from my dreams. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> this this film, it deals with things about, oh, don't get me wrong, it's got issues. But there's a scene where Michael Cera beats the shit out of people and it's brilliant. <laughs> I'm spoiling this and I really don't mean to, but I loved Barbie. I loved the, 
I love the moments where the sets are beautiful, straight from a playhouse. The jokes, the you've got a skate. Will Ferrell doesn't overstay his welcome. There's a sense with Will Ferrell like he could he's an overpowering cheese. His stench could <laughs> his stench could, you know, encapsulate everything. But it but no. He was perfect. And weirdly, bizarrely, on Netflix, there's a TV program called Sex Education. Three of the cast members are in this, and I still don't really know why. However, Barbie went to see it with Esther. I'd go see it again. And, mate, talking point number one, found a cinema in Sheffield that cost $7.99. What, 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 what? View Cinema in Meadowhall was $7.99. That wasn't even the cheapest seat available. I'm just telling you now, the week before, when I went to see Oppenheimer in, Chef- in Lincoln... £15 a ticket. Mm. Get to fuck, Lincoln. Lincoln anyway, has a monopoly. Lincoln has a monopoly. Anyway, going back to Barbie in what has probably been, and I think it's really hard to say when you look at Greta Gerwig's movies, if you look at Margot Robbie's movies, this is the best film they've ever done. This tongue-in-cheek film. It deals with issues that it probably shouldn't, uh, that you think a Barbie film really shouldn't be making. It's like how Barbie's transitioned over the years. The Barbies, for example, in Barbie world, think that they've done the world a great service because all the females can now aspire to be Barbie. You know, Barbie's president in Barbie world. She's every job. Mm. Women in real world should look up to Barbie, but they don't. Mm. They hate her. They kind of blame Barbie for the the patriarchy and that type of thing. You've got Ken learning about what it means. Great scenes where they take real life and apply them to the Barbie world. Like when... When Ken realises that the patriarchy isn't just about horses, he kind of loses interest. It's fucking brilliant, mate. I'm not joking. It was fucking phenomenal. Like, ten, we don't rate films. 10 on 10. I wanted this film with a crossover with Oppenheimer. That's how good this film was. I rate Oppenheimer as one of the best films I'd ever seen. And this was somehow better than it. How lucky is that? So Ryan Gosling is a, 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 talented, a talented chap, musically and, and, and yes. his acting career. And the song that he does in this is Broke the Billboard it's Top 100, so isn't it? It's so good. And um, it, it could be up for Best Oscar. It should uh, be. For Best Original Song, up there with Jack Black's Peaches. Oh. This, this year could be the year for the Oscars where... Barbie's the Yeah, where Barbie <laughs> like storms it. And, the, well, we're yet to have, I suppose, the big, big dramas, Oppenheimer being mm. one, but, um, um, yeah. I'm just going to say now as well, Barbie, when, so when I, when I was watching Oppenheimer, I thought, and it's really weird that we and I are sitting down and now I'm trying to discuss to you about Oppenheimer over Barbie or Barbie over Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was something that I feel like you have to see on the big screen. Mm. And it's just the way that it was artistic, like no CGI, the long shots, the brilliant acting, the, the, ten, the tension in a film where you already know what happens. But Barbie has that, I need to go out and see it again. Like Oppenheimer was brilliant and one of the best films I've ever seen, but I really want to go see Barbie yeah. again. I, yeah. I feel like I need to. It was hilarious. I was Esther was crying in the cinema with tears of laughter, not because I'd beat her. <laughs> no, she was. Esther had like the best time of her life, and I had so much fun watching it. This film, everyone in the cinema was laughing their eyes mm. out. It was brilliant. Michael Cera, mate. Michael Cera was in this film. <laughs> Planning for the role of a lifetime because he doesn't play Ken. I can't remember what he plays, but he plays like a nobody. They even have like jokes about discontinued Barbies like there's a pregnant Barbie mm. who they stopped making and she's in it and it freaks Will Ferrell out it's like, oh my god I thought we stopped making you <laughs> you know that type of thing it is a really good film with a really good message really and the people that are getting wound up about this film you know you're what's wrong with the society I'm just saying now it was a people going it's emasculating men do you know what it was a really good film fuck you mm. it was such a good film well written well acted Margot Robbie sensational Greg Owick's best film but that's weird and Ryan Gosling's best performance in 
great set design, great music, great costume design. Everything about it is great. People out there will say, oh, it's designed to make you buy Barbies. Couldn't give a toss. Every film in the world is designed to make you buy something. Oppenheimer was designed to make us build bomb shelters. <laughs> it scared the shit out of us. You know, Batman wanted us to go, grown men, go out dressed up in leather and fight crime. So what if Barbie sells a few more? They don't hide that, I, by I, the way. I don't feel like Barbie needs it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they don't hide it at any point. Like, Mattel, Mattel is like over the place. Oh my God, the funniest bit is a bit of a spoiler. Barbie world kind of reflects what happens in the real world as well. So when Ken takes over Barbie world and he gets some Monopoly and things, they start coming out with Ken's Mojo Jojo Dojo. And he's fucking hilarious. I genuinely sat in the cinema going, I kind of want one. <laughs> it was phenomenal. I, I, I can, as a long living Star Wars fan, I can get past characters or films that are a mechanism to sell merchandise. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Ewoks, I, I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Jar Jar. You know, there's so much in, in Star Wars now. Um, sometimes it hurts. Batman mm. Forever will always be, you know, yeah. the, the the film that got away. You know, Can't the, come anymore. Yeah, the film where the studio was like, because the famous film with Batman is Batman Returns, isn't it? McDonald's watched that and was like, we ain't marketing Batman anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And so they lost a huge marketing deal with the happy. Get meal. the guy who did the lost boys. So then Joel Schumacher, <laughs> but he tried to make it dark. The Schumacher cut is still doing the rounds where there is a darker version out there. But then the film studio wanted to sell products and stuff. But I mean, I, I get it. I, I don't, I, I suppose that comes down to I, it's kids, isn't it? I'm, I'm certain if you weren't with a kid, they're going to want to buy a Barbie. They're going to want to buy a Star Wars toy. I don't, but then actually, that's, that's saying that, I'm very conscious we're in a room full of Star Wars memorabilia as we talk so about So much Star Wars <laughs> so, memorabilia, so, mate. I mean, like, so actually, maybe I'm not impervious to it as I I'd kind like of... I'd like to find out, how many shy are you with these pop vinyls? Uh, th- mate, there's hundreds of these. And that's impressive, mate. You're impressive. Yeah, thank so, you. There's nothing, but, there's nothing wrong with collection. And see. if you like buying bows, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's these people that are going on and going, emasculates men. Because there's a there's a there's a there's this part of the story where basically it highlights it says what happens in the real world affects Barbie Land and, and you're supposed to think as an audience, oh how we treat women horrible. But, but we do treat women horribly. So I don't understand why people get offended by that. Like, oh, it's the worst thing to happen. And you're just like, oh, open your fucking eyes. Yeah. It's a very good film. Yeah. And it also shows, you know, um, I forget the actress's name but when they remade Charlie's Angels and it didn't go down well and the director said oh you, you, we don't like as audiences we don't like strong female characters this is one of these films that you go no we, we like well Elizabeth written Banks. Elizabeth Banks we actually like well written and developed characters and that's what Barbie is Barbie's not the hero that we needed she's the hero we deserved <laughs> mate I fucking well, I can tell you now Barbie one of the best films then, I've seen then Elizabeth Banks has gone on to do Cocaine Bear which is a massive hit which is weird that that did better than Charlie's Angels but we're obviously more interested in Cocaine Bear mm. so but you know Barbie would win against. I'm not joking mate I applaud I plead for you to go out and see Barbie if you have a choice between Oppenheimer and Barbie I'll flip a coin mate because that'd be tough mm. I, I know what you mean though, because you know it's the same. The same idiot said the same thing about Mario. You know they were saying how it was a market employee and it emasculated plumbers, and it, it, you know it's not. Sorry, you just take a sip of a drink. You then. dick. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in Dr Pepper now. <laughs> people would just jump on, nowadays more than ever. People would jump on the negative bandwagon. To, now we do, now actually I'm gonna be, I'm gonna say this. We I was very negative about the Flash last week. Didn't enjoy it one little bit. Yeah, but I'm not cutting that up and putting that all over the internet. And trying to get my popularity out of it. Is this so what we're trying to say? We need video editors to do that. No, for I'm just us. saying. No, I'm, I'm just saying there are just as many people nowadays that will go and attack something and go against the the status quo of yes. people that enjoy. You know, for that, yeah. 
But yeah, I, can, I saw loads of, and they're all the same people doing the same rounds, negativity, talking about like, you know, but the, from the people I know, the people I trust and the film fanatics that I know, all of them said Barbie's a brilliant film. It, it was, it was and brilliant. I love Greta Gerwig. I mean, her movies are great. They are, and uh, this was this was something else. This was something special. Mm. You, you know, you sit in a cinema and you think, you, you realise you're seeing something a bit special. You're seeing this mm. film has tricked people. Like when this was announced, who the fuck was interested in Barbie? No one was. But I, I felt this, you know, when you came in the house, I felt the Kennedy. Yeah, you know, nice. That you, that you brought in. I'm Knuff. You are Knuff. Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I'm not joking. It's weird to be coming out of this great Gerwig film where Margot Robbie fucking owns it. So is America Ferrara as well. She's, She's brilliant as well. Margot Robbie, though, is great. Like, you think about it, like her filmography, her characters are great. Has James Gunn announced if she's staying as Harley Quinn? I think she has to. I know he hasn't, but at the same time, well, this is where he gets confused because I'm fairly certain all the members of the Suicide Squad are because they obviously take place with Peacemaker and Peacemaker is the... See, that's what I don't know, unless yeah. there's going to be some kind of like multiverse because Gal Gadot's now staying on. Yeah, I heard that as well, yeah. So, yeah. Which is good because I, I think she was, she was very... Uh, do you know what, mate? I'm not joking. I had a message this week from Scott, long-time listener, used to be my boss at Sainsbury's, very good boss, you know, Great guy, loves the show, big mm. fan of him. He said, been listening to the show lately, he's really worried about my negativity towards superhero films. He says, Blade is going to save the day and reunite our interest in superhero films. And to that I say, when they fucking make it, <laughs> which they're not doing, I'm, I'm sorry, but with Riot Strike, they still don't even know what fucking story they're going with. So so if it's saving the genre, it'll be in about eight years. <laughs> so I next, next week's episodes, because we're not going to do it now, but I've caught up with, um, with Guardians 3, Oh and yeah, Ant Man three. Oh. So oh. I'm going to talk about both of them next week. But um, but yeah, it's interesting with the DC thing because obviously Gal Gadot's now come out as uh, James Gunn saving that character moving forward with her in development. They're so, going to go with Patty Jenkins still. She no, still... Patty Jenkins was removed from the third film before James oh. Gunn came on board. Um, okay. So it, it, I mean, so there's that. Sometimes when you take the character and go down the multiverse. Uh, you know, angle. The problem with that is it kind of does a dirty on their history, their, yeah. their, their background. And I never fully believe if, if you were automatically picked up and taken to a world now, James, you wouldn't just get on with it. That would mentally destroy you. Yeah. Even if you are Wonder Woman, you know, and, and capable of, of great Everything feats. that made you who you were is like, oh, what and about Captain you ever Kirk? Did and, I still love him? I don't know. He yeah. doesn't exist this time. And I'm like, oh, so I just forget about that. Who's my mum? Oh, it's someone completely different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, some people may look the same, some may look differently. But, but they're not the same all, people. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it would blow my mind if that ever happened in real life. And it just seems to be that that's this huge get out at the moment. And the DC thing, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be bitter about Cavill not making it, making the cut, because he is my Superman. Yeah. Tell him what you've been doing all week. No. <laughs> Tell him. No. Tell him what you've been doing all week. I've been harassing James with a you won't, You won't communicate with me. We, we send messages <laughs> and you won't communicate me through the speech anymore what do you do I keep sending you a picture of Henry Cavill as Superman but really bad CGI from the from, Flash movie from the Flash movie <laughs> and that's how we that's how we communicate now but I I, but I got my own back you'll you find did. out next week I, I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, Henry Cavill as Superman I, I wish he had carried on it's odd the characters that are and I don't get how Peacemaker is and I don't know if I don't know if Jared Leto is still a Joker I don't know I don't know I never really thought about that yeah you, you very selectively. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the thing was, they said, oh, um, Flash will like, answer your question. No, he fucking won't. No, it won't. I'm <laughs> no, more confused won't. than ever. He'll add more confusion because he's, to it. Because he's, he's, he's giving me questions moving forward, but he's also questioned everything behind it as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, um, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Let, let, keep keep the new movie chat going. Let's talk about uh, Gal Gadot. Oh, I hear she's staying as one of them. <laughs> latest. I know, there's my link. That's what I was trying to get to. Um, Netflix have just released a new spy action thriller called Heart of Stone. Came out on Netflix uh, two days ago. Um, it's directed by Tom Harper, relatively new director, done a few movies. He did the sequel to Woman in Black, which I didn't even realise there was. I didn't even realise there was a sequel to that. Um, and uh, what was the other Tom Harper movie? My mind has gone blank. Any clues? Can I help you out? Peaky Blind. He's done some Peaky Blinders stuff, I believe. Um, I've got something controversial. Oh, sorry. Wild Rose. That's the film that I love. Oh, okay, Wild Rose enough. movie. And, and he did that Aeronauts as well. You know, the one with the hot air balloon that's going up. Hmm. That one. Nope. Oh. <laughs> is that the one with Felicity Jones and... Uh, it is. Oh, there you go. See, and uh, I, I want to say not Doctor Who, because it's not Doctor Who, but I always thought Eddie Redmayne would play a good Doctor Who. And it's weird, isn't it? It is weird. When I look at him, I go, was he a Doctor Who? In the multiverse, quite... he probably has played a yes. Doctor Who. <laughs> You're right. He's, he, why hasn't he played a villain yet? In something good. Mm. There you go. Um, Gal Gadot's Heart of Stone. This is a... It also starts, sorry, Jamie Dornan. Everyone's favourite. Nope, I yep. stopped myself there. <laughs> Ali Abat. Um, it's, sorry, so yeah, it's also got Ali Abat in it. Sophie uh, Okanido. It's... It's an odd little film. Do you, do, you, do you like spy action movies? I love a spy action movie. It's, you, it's funny you should mention that because, you know, I've seen, I've rewatched some really good spy action movies lately. I love them. Do you love James Bond? Mostly. The Pierce Brosnan ones? Yeah, sure. Because that's kind of where this is. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, I, said said Pierce Brosnan's accountant. Now, <laughs> I fucking love him. The, there's, the premise around this is she plays, a, a Gal Gadot uh, plays Rachel Stone, who's a um, a secret operative who's embedded within the MI6, but she actually works for um, a group called The Charter. James, you have your hand up. You have a question already. I'm sorry. What did you say her name was? Rebecca Stone. Uh, Rachel Stone. Rachel Stone. What's this film called? Heart of Stone. Don't. <laughs> Don't. Yep. Oh, no, it gets better. <laughs> She, uh, she's a special operative. She's embedded in the MI6, but she actually works for a for a, for, for a more a, secret a, organization, a more secret global group called cool. the Charter, which is again is a whisper. It's a are they real? You know, it, it's only rumors. You know, Jamie uh, Donham's character works for MI6, and and he's like, I, I you know, I've I've heard of them. I thought they were ghosts. You know, no, is it is it real or is it not? I love that idea to start with, and the film, do, the film very early on plays on this. Is you know, the, so they go to do a mission. Gal Gadot's character is like in the MI6. She's part of the team, but they're like, "You stay behind. You stay in the van. Um, you know, it's your first field mission. You know, we'll we'll handle You'll this. You'll screw up. Yeah. And while they're off doing it, she's secretly doing her thing, and it shows that she outweighs them in everything. You know, yeah. in her martial arts, in her technology, in her in her just you know, craziness and how she gets the job She's done. She's hard as stone, Mike. And she's a really good opening with some questionable CGI where she's getting the job done but pretending to still be back in the van whilst the guys are trying to do the mission and not realising she's actually off doing it all, you know. So it's got like an element of like comedy and... um like I say, it, 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 you know, it starts off in a ski resort with this mountain and she's parachuting and it's, it's very James Bond-esque. The connection there is is that I didn't, you know, because I didn't make the connection of James Bond because it's a spy film, and I was like, oh, just because spy film is relatable to yeah. James Bond. But it is, it, you know, in the sense that she's got someone on the other end of a comms piece who's very good at technical stuff. It's got a leader who's, you know, a bit shady and not always 
you know, impressed by the mm. reckless action of her, one of their agents. It has death-defying stunts where the score breaks as they jump off a cliff and then the big brass section comes back in. And you're like, it's very James Bond-esque. Mm. Mixed with a, a lot of other kind of spy, espionage kind of movies. The premise sets up really well. Within 30 seconds, I did, I did turn to my wife Emily and went, that's the baddie. This is when we're going to find out they're the baddie. And blah, blah. And then when that happened, about 40 minutes in, my wife didn't give a shit. But I <laughs> I was I was but I was knew. there. I yeah. fist pumped myself, mate. I was like, I fucking knew it. I'm I'm lame. I need to get out more. Nothing um, wrong with that, mate. So but, did you base that on who the actor was? What? <laughs> okay. So failure to take the work needed. <laughs> and uh, no, but I, I write down to the reason why they were doing it. Um and so it sets up this bigger story. So she works for the Charter, which is this shady organization, no, a secret operative organization. They have a weapon or a tool, um, a, a um, very, very advanced technology mm. that if it got into the wrong hands would be detrimental it's to society. It's not her, is it? No, no, it's, oh, okay. a, it's a computer system. Oh, it's an actual thing? Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's super advanced. It's basically, it's basically linked into every electrical device in the planet. So... It has, you know, it can it can go into bank accounts. It can go past spywall. It can access CCTV. It can do anything and everything. It's basically it's, a backdoor into internet. It's the shit, mate. Yeah, and that's what they call the heart. And yep. the 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 film is centered around um, them trying to debunk a, a terrorist activity, but at the same time, and a new and up and coming programmer who may be better than this group that may or may not be able to hack into the impenetrable system that is known as the heart and what would happen if it got into the wrong hands and then that's where our story takes place. It the the uh, the acting's fine in it, you know, Gal Gadot is 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 brilliant, you know, she's she's she very is. she's very good. You know, she she's she is the Pierce Brosnan of the Bonds in that do you know what I mean? Like there'll be a big action scene and then she will say something slightly corny, you know, and move like the one piece of imperfect hair away from her brow as she looks cool driving a vehicle. You know, there's a bit where they're, they're driving this van and, you know, and um, they're being chased and, uh, you know, one of them screams like, they're, they're still chasing us. And then it cuts to her, cool as a cucumber. Like I could tell by the bullets as she turns a corner. And it's, oh! it's, that, it's that kind of narrative, you know, that kind of action. If it's a 12 and it's a, you know, it's a Netflix movie. Some of the big set pieces, some look great. Others look questionable. Like I say, there's a parachute scene at the beginning where you're a bit like, really, you're opening with this? Um, but then there's what I love, which is high-speed chases through European cities. You know, there's a Lisbon car chase scene, which looks great. It's, you know, you know when Bourne did it with the minis? Yes. And you're like, well, that's just changed the game. That's how you do a, a car chase sequence. And Mission Impossible then started doing those kind of sequences. And Daniel Craig's Bond started doing those kind of sequences. And this has elements of that as well. I think there was one in Harry Potter as well. Of course there is. <laughs> On the Nimbus 5000. <laughs> Sorry. I just pissed off loads of yeah. robot people. Yeah, you have. It's Nimbus 2000, mate. <laughs> Dick. Oh, you're talking about the old model. The newer model was a Thunderbolt, <laughs> so fuck off. <laughs> wait, wait. There's the virginity yeah. going back. <laughs> you can feel it. Um, I think it was the Thunderbolt. <laughs> I, I, I think I think it's it's perfectly fine movie. You, you know, I'm glad it's a Netflix release. I was much prefer to watch this at home than go to the cinema to watch it because now more than ever, when cinema prices are what they are, the film you, people are just being so picky, rightfully, because it is a big investment nowadays to go to the cinema. Yeah, I agree. Um, and this was a perfectly good film to pause, go get a brew, to go get some snacks, come back. You know, it was one of them where. 
I enjoyed watching it, but I wasn't gripped to it. So yeah. I, it was to me, it wasn't bad, wasn't great. It was, it was, it was, it was exactly what I thought a Netflix spy espionage twelve was going to be. Yes, and that, I, that I'd not heard of as well. Yeah. So I hadn't even known this film was coming out. I just went well, on Netflix. And it was there. And it was there. And it's like new release today. And I was like, Gal Gadot's in it. It's dramatically better than Red Notice. Oh, that, that genuinely was a question I was going to ask. Is yeah. how does it fare against the other Gal Gadot vehicle for Netflix? And that's uh... yeah, it's, it's it's worlds above that. And it, it, yeah, I mean, does it open up to a franchise? Maybe. You know, I think that it, it's. It is a returning character for Gal Gadot. It's not a Wonder Woman kind of character, but it, it could be something that they revisit and there's a new baddie on the scene and, you know, a new way to kind of uh, save the day. Um, but yeah, I th- the thing with me as well is, and this is just a personal take, is th- there are films sometimes where the the technology that they introduce into the film is so ridiculously over the top. <laughs> there's a character in it yeah. who like is sat in this like, basically world building and his hands are moving and you know and I know that that sounds odd because you get films like the Iron Man movies where I mean, he basically you, creates an atom it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's literally funny you're going to say that because whenever you know like where you go really early in this fucking podcast like episodes three and four I said one of my biggest like hates in films was bullshit science where they just like as soon as you said that I was thinking why does no one call out the bullshit that Iron Man does in Amazon because it's just like it creates time travel, like yeah. nonchalantly. He's just like, I'll just do a bit of time travel. Yeah. He literally throws the plans for time travel as well into a wall and throws them into an AI bin. I'm just like, fuck off. Yeah, well, it was like that second one when he creates that atom. Yeah. And he's yeah, just like, this, boom, boom, <laughs> yeah. done, atom, create it. Yeah, and, but then at the same time, like, he can't work out who the villain is in the first film. <laughs> but it is, it's very much, it, this film is that. There's this, there's a character, that, you know, the, the kind of whiz kid character who yes. controls the heart. And, you know, he's like moving bits around and he's like, I'll find you an exit. And then he's, you know, and he's programming it and then she can see it. And it's a bit like, okay, so we need to believe that this exists yes. to, to really sell this film. And and I, that, them things aren't a vehicle for me to kind of get embedded in it. I'm like, ah, that, cause, because, it, well, that thing then can do anything, can't it? Why yeah. can't that get you out of any conundrum you're going to get into also you know what it's because it's a sign of age as well I always wonder what happened if you got back connection like would you just eyes crash mm. <laughs> you go blind <laughs> I don't know what's happening also I'm figuring sequel Stone Age nice Blood from a Stone Romancing the Stone <laughs> fucking there's a ball <laughs> Cameron C. Jones's husband is alive there you go <laughs> um, yeah two <laughs> Yeah, and there are bits with it, you know, where she is the she's a heart. You know, her, her calling card is a is a is a, is a card. That has a heart, you know, it's just like the Queen of Hearts on it. You know, the other departments are like, you know, they say in it, they're like, oh, Diamond Team are doing this and stuff. Uh, so there are there are parts where they do create that world, but at yeah. the center is this machine, this 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 weapon or this tool that you really have to be on board with believing it exists to, to kind of get the film. But the, you know, actually, now I'm talking myself into it, there's a couple of set pieces in this film, you know, shootouts, gunplay, um, martial arts in this film. That I was watching, I was like, sometimes I just want to watch this shit. Yeah. I just want to see, like, things blow up and people escaping ridiculous scenarios. Um, and like I say, the obvious bits in them, the moments they choose to reveal themselves were quite surprising. I was like, oh, I knew that was going to happen, but oh, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't Interesting see that Interesting how yeah. it's done. I think Gal Gadot is also like, the, like probably the great, a great actor to launch a new IP around. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, we're doing this. Gal Gadot will be the face. I think that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, solid, solid. Uh, so, solid choice. Yeah. Well done. Mm. Well done, Hollywood, for picking 
Gal Gadot. Well done, Netflix. When, when everyone else would. So I've got a talking point for you quickly. Mm. So I've got many talking points over the next two weeks. They just come to me and one of them's a rant. I'm going to try and keep it till next week. But I'm just going to tell you now. Um, I pay for the Amazon in my family. I get the best deal. I pay for the Amazon. I get the Amazon things and I get the um, get the deliveries for free. Yeah. My father paid for the Netflix and I've become a victim of the Netflix multi-sharing password crackdown. I've lost the Netflix and I will not be renewing it. Well, you said this when we did the... Yes. When we, when so we that, went streaming sites against each other. And that's Netflix literally what I was going to say. I was going to say, if listeners, go back and we put them against each other and I'm sticking to my word. I think Netflix is the lowest... I really want to watch the next series of Cobra Kai and Stranger Things. Mm. However, I both know, and you and I both know, that those series are the last of those intellectual properties. There's no reason for me to go back. I'm a man of my word. I won't watch The Witcher 3 because I don't like how they treated Henry Cavill. This film that you just discussed, there's not very many original things that would keep me going to the Netflix and I've decided to end my relationship with Netflix. So there you go. You'll be back. Uh, probably. When when they announce when Cobra Kai's coming out. <laughs> well, they're cracking down on the Disney thing, aren't they? The Disney password sharing. I didn't think... I didn't think Disney minded that. Disney are up in their subscription price, and if you stay on your current one, you have to now start watching adverts. Well, you see, I also don't pay for the Disney one. <laughs> I'm happy with my arrangement. I pay for the Amazon one, and they'll always make this argument that if there's too many different streaming sites, then there's no benefit of any streaming site. Mm. And that's something I've decided to, so I'll be losing the Netflix. Well, I'm going to have to get my Now TV uh, entertainment back. Mm. I only have now TV Sky Cinema, but because True Detective is coming soon. Yes, but and then this is what my this what this this talking point leading into now. Now that I found local to where I live a cinema that is reasonably priced, I will be. I'm more than happy to give up the. Well, I never actually pay for the Netflix, but the amount that I should have paid for the Netflix, I would be happy to go to the cinema now with that money for four ninety nine, mm. which is the lowest price you can get. I I will, I'm a happy returner to the cinema. So it comes like all things. It comes and goes in waves. Yeah, you know the streaming service over the last two years has been very strong because obviously we weren't making the grade A movies. There's very little keeping me in the streaming services at the minute. I'm not a big fan of what Disney's done with all of its with all of its rights. I, I think they're just oversaturating the market. Netflix has let me down. To be honest, I'm not even that happy with Amazon. The biggest selling point of Amazon is that you can spend it. I still think the best work being done is on BBC iPlayer and the ITV player or all four. Yeah, there you go. Keep it domestic. Anyway. There you go. I've lost the I've lost. No, I, lost the Netflix. I, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm aware of what's known as doom scrolling, which is where you're on your phone and you're just watching video after video, and then yeah, you come I, I do that it, as well. Yeah, you come out of it and you're like, fucking hell, when did I go down this hole? Well, you, you know, do like, feel happy, don't you? Because every time I stop it, it's like giving up smoking. You just go, oh, I broke it. There's, there's mm. a moment of realization where you go, I've got to get out. But I doom scroll. <laughs> streaming services looking for something to watch I did that the other sometimes day sometimes I'm doing it for so long I could have watched a half a film in the time I've been hovering but Netflix is the one I find least less and less finding something to yeah, watch yeah that's a good know. point um my go I automatically go to Now TV first normally Sky Cinema yeah um and then I'll go to um then I'll go to Disney Plus then I'll come back to uh, Amazon and then Netflix I land on it and but even then I kind of I found something that I'm like oh I'll just have a quick look at Netflix now I'll go, I'll go watch this instead um, so um, so so that episode which was really fun to do by the way I really liked it we put them up against each other I believe the winner was the WWE Network <laughs> well, that's what you crowned yeah <laughs> so there you go so we're gonna uh, spend the second half of this show looking at Jennifer Lawrence's career an actor that uh, James and I are very fond of the work 
um, the the, uh, the achievements, the films, the celebration of Jennifer Lawrence in this next session. Someone that we have covered because we've done the Hunger Games as an episode. We've talked about um, films like Don't Look Up and we've talked about Silver Linus Playbook. So uh, Jennifer Lawrence has made quite a few appearances on the podcast up until now. But it's just a good chance to do a bit of a deep dive. So Jennifer Lawrence was born in uh, was born on August 15th, 1990. That's depressing. 1990. <laughs> it's very depressing, isn't it? Um, the Oscar-winning actress is best known for films such as Hunger Games, Silver Lang's Playbook, Joy, American Hustle, and the X-Men movies, in where she plays Mystique. Yeah, but made Mystique like the primary focus, just rewrote the other ones with Rebecca <laughs> Romijn. Her films have grossed over $6 billion at the box office. Fuck you now. And in both 2015 and 16, she was the highest-paid actress in Hollywood. Um, and she's... Uh, also listed in the Times 100 Most Influential People's List. It's always good when, you know, it's not politicians or scientists. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity chefs and actors. actors yeah. <laughs> uh, and footballers. Born in Kentucky, the new mum started acting at the young age and got her breakout in 2007 um, on a TV show called uh, Bill Engvall. Engvall? No, I've never saw it. It must have an American one. But then her debut film in 2008 was Garden Pie, her first major role and international fame came from the film Winter's Bone. Ooh. Film that I think, again, went into quite a lot of prep for, learning how to skin a squirrel, amongst other things, to fit into that character. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. A feminist, an activist, and often uh, accredited as being down-to-earth, honest, tough, and funny by her peers, she starred in 33 roles, according to IMDb, and she has five films currently in production or uh, in development. She's back. She's back. At 23, she was the youngest actress to be nominated for three Oscars. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's, but this, this is exactly what's wrong with Hollywood. <laughs> but at this age, she was great. And then, then we decided as like an industry that she was the pinnacle. I was say, so then we fucked her off. Because she's been in some like, great films since then. But <laughs> <laughs> then basically they went, right, she can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, of those three, one of obviously which she won. Uh, she was discovered by a photographer who introduced her to uh, an acting agent. Uh, later, Jennifer Lawrence would say how bad her photos were as an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Um, that that didn't take off. But again, on a shoot, on a and an ad commercial, started picking up ad commercials following this photo shoot before making her way into TV. She did a uh, My Super Sweet 16th advert for MTV. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, started getting into uh, TV and then later film, obviously. She auditioned for Bella Swan in Twilight, but Good. lost to Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I, think we're, I think everyone's thankful for that. <laughs> she also went up for Elizabeth Salander in the Rooney Mara Girl with the Dragon tattoo. That would have actually been quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think she'd fit that role. Yeah. And that is, a, that is a really cool character as well. Apparently she still has on her phone a photo of her with the piercings and the makeup and the That's what, cool. what could have been. Um, she has English... German, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, and French in her ancestry. Uh, and she shot a cameo for Dumb and Dumber 2, but then asked for it to be removed. As you would, if you'd seen. Oh my God. Have you actually seen the second one? Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. Oh, I have. <laughs> Is it bad? Yep. Um, turned down Prince Harry on a date. Prince Harry's a massive fan of Jennifer Lawrence. And when he tried to give her a private tour of his castle, she said no. Everyone knows what that means, though. It's like, how would you like the royal penis? <laughs> And uh, and is a massive self-confessed Harry Potter fan. Her acting style is uh, often described as very natural performances, tough characters, or clumsy comedies. Human, relatable, grounded characters. Um, 
as I say, relatable, authentic, very convincing in her, in her demeanours. That's who she is as well, though, because some of my favourite Jennifer Lawrence parts are, have you seen her on the red carpet? She mm. always fangirling over someone. Yeah. I'm, I can't remember what it was. It might have been the Amelia Clark when Game of Thrones was at its height, but she went to go, one of them came to say hello to her and they went to kiss her cheek and she moves and she accidentally kissed and she's like proper free dance. Oh my God, oh my yeah. God. But then there's a bit, I'm sure it, it might be Benedict Cumberbatch, but she sees Benedict Cumberbatch and she's just fangirling. I, probably not Benedict Cumberbatch. But she's like how I would be on the red carpet. Just like Olivia Coleman's exactly how I'd be giving a speech. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Thank my mum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's the infamous when she's been interviewed after her Oscar win and Jack Nicholson taps her on the shoulder and she freaks out. Is it that one? That might be one as well that I'm thinking about. Yeah. yeah. But Jack he... Nicholon just does not give a fuck that live TV is happening because he's like, I'm Jack Nicholson. I'm Jack Nicholson. And he even says, doesn't he? He says, you remind me of one of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> oh yeah. She's like, ex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think off screen she's often commented as being quite quick witted, foul mouthed, honest, funny, tomboy esque, and quite refreshing for Hollywood. I, I think you're exactly right. I think audiences connect because she's very self aware, self joking. Um, she doesn't act up to the celebrity persona. She doesn't fit, I suppose, that kind of that um, ditzy, hypersexual mold that Hollywood tries to yeah. put young actors into. I always think <laughs> the Michael Cera method. <laughs> they, they thrust his sexuality down our throats so much. Yeah. I always think she's the sister you'd have a beer with at a barbecue. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um she tell she tell a risque joke, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, she's the she's the actress that falls over at the Oscars because she was stoned, but then later actually says, I'm stoned, you know, or <laughs> or addresses the falling over, you know, as as a kind of key point of that that ceremony. Um, you know, she talks about um in in uh in interviews with Graham Norton, you know, talks about her acting. She says, oh, no, it's terrible. But, and he's like, oh, you know, what, what are you good at? She's like, well, I can pee really fast. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's very, I think, relatable in that context. Relatable, although I, I probably don't have the 420 million in the bank account. Yeah, I'm just shy. I think um, Anne Hathaway, was one of my other nice bits of trivia, Anne Hathaway was up for Silverland's playbook, uh, moved away from the project. Uh, she then won Best Supporting Actress for Les Mis. Yep. the same year that Jennifer Lawrence took the role in Silver Line Playbook and won Best Oscar for uh, main performance so that's quite cool uh, Jennifer Lawrence's favourite film is The Big Lebowski yeah she is and that's why we love Jennifer Lawrence and on set she's known for two things falling over in between takes and swearing oh I but, heard as well I don't know how true it is she can piss really quickly <laughs> <laughs> Learn that from a podcast. <laughs> so as as is the way with our um with ours, I'm going to just go from the beginning of her IMDB to the top to her latest releases, and then we will I suppose chew the fat on what is your favorite Jennifer Lawrence movie. Any contenders before we get going? Um for the top one, I really like American Hustle. I think she really holds her own then. She's not as established. I do think it's hard to ignore. The Hunger Games because it became a franchise and she was a big part of that. You know, the standout scenes where she where she turned from meek little girl to badass is when she uses her bow to take out the apple in the boar's mouth. And the first one always a big fan of that. Mm. Or the bit where she throws up the three the three finger salute to all the watches. Might as well just be a middle finger to President Snow, mate. Uh, I do want a big fan. Got a funny thing that's probably gonna make the top three. Purely based on I actually don't like the books that much. Oh, I do. But I like Katniss Everdeen because of Jennifer Lawrence's performance. Yeah. I really like what she did with X-Men First Class. I especially like, because by the time they made the sequel to that, uh, Days of Future Past, and she'd become a megastar, that she's now the main focus of the X-Men prequels, kind of like changing the history. However, in a film where you've got two Xavier's talking to each other, you've got Elliot Page, you had like big names at the time, and she's the main star acting up against arguably one of the most underrated actors of all time, playing Magneto in... Um, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. 
And in a film that you've also still got Patrick Stewart in, I, I, do you know what? Part of me, the whore in me, wants to go. I really love that film. Maybe I should mention that. Um, I know what's number one. Spoilers, we'll get to it. I, th- I think not spoilers. You know, I know if you listen to the podcast, you know. I, I I think it's weird that the more you go back to the X Men movies, and not even like the first three X Men movies. Oh fuck them! You go to like the future past ones. The caliber of acting in them yeah. films. You know, like if you, before you even say what the film is, like don't judge it just yet. If you're like, oh, do you know what? So you, an alien comes down. You're like, we've got this film, right? No shit. And in it, it's Michael Fassbender. Yeah. It's Jennifer Lawrence. <gasps> Oscar yeah. Isaac's in it. Yeah, what? Patrick Stewart oh, and Ian off. McKellen. <laughs> Hugh Chapman's in it. And you start talking, and you're like, fucking hell, what is this film? X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> it's, it's, no. I know, but it's weird that you got that much talent in that film. Got to do an X-Men episode at some point. Yeah, well, I don't want to watch it. We've done process. one, two, and three, haven't we? We've done the first we've three. Done the, we've, done, we've done the All Right trilogy. <laughs> That but next we get but with Deadpool coming up I could really do yeah, ref- no, that's a good point, refreshing actually. my knowledge of the, yeah. ti- the various timelines um, of the TV shows that started obviously, you know big ones Medium Cold Case Monk you're a Monk fan I am a Monk fan and I, I'm trying to re- remember the episode she's I've, a mascot she's wearing the yeah. mascot oh, then I probably wouldn't have seen it um, then we talked about I haven't seen Garden Pie that came out in 2008 I don't think I have um, but Winter's Bone definitely saw that movie um and like I say, for a, for a first film coming out, um, first major film for, in a leading role to, to get an Oscar nom for it off the bat is, is pretty impressive. I think this is a film has quite a uh, quite a cult following as well, the Deborah Granick movie. I I always get confused with this and as it, I think it's like crazy, which is the one that's got the actor that died in it. it the Russian actor played uh, Antin Yelchin. Antin Yelchin, He's yeah. in one of these. I can't, that one's the one I've seen. Sorry. I'll check as well. Yeah, like crazy. Go on to the show. Oh, for C. Jones. Yes, of course, for C. Jones is in this. I haven't seen the one you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Winter's Bone is a, is, is a good one. Like I say, she looked at a um, Skinner squirrel. She looked at her work. In the, she's, a, she's from the Ozarks, from a bit of the back country. Um, she won't piss them out. She wants to skin a, skin, a, skin a bunny. She will. She won't care. But then, mate, you know, when it times to, when you've got small furry animals, <clears throat> It's time to go up against a man who hates women. Mel Gibson, she's in the Beaver. Do you know Never what? forget that she's in the Beaver. But I did. <laughs> but I did. When I was looking at this earlier, because I was, I was like, the Beaver. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's in the Beaver. Yeah. Yeah. So Jodie Foster directed that film as yes, well. Yes, she did. Yeah. So Jodie Foster stars in it as Mel Gibson's wife in it. Um, it's weird, son, or, isn't it? Or, or they separate though, because Mel Gibson in the film. He's a character who's going through a crisis. Middle of crisis. Um, I think it's more than that. It's a mental breakdown, isn't it? Yeah. It's, more, and, and, it's almost as if he's realised he's Mel Gibson. <laughs> and, and he learns how to communicate with a stuffed yeah. puppet. Again, you couldn't... Ex- you, if if someone was like, tell me about it, tell me, give me a Mel Gibson film to watch tonight. And I was like, you're the beaver? No? All right. Yeah, he has a breakdown. And then he finds a stuffed beaver. Oh, is it like a childhood one? No, he just finds it. And he puts it on his hand. And then he uses that to communicate with everyone. And is, is, that, is that the one where he thinks he knows what women want? No, nah, 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 no, 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 no. The beaver don't know what the woman nah. wants. <laughs> Just talks to him. And he's he's like an executive at like a toy shop or something, isn't he? Or a group or a company. What or the fuck is it about it? rom-coms where they think like the, the, like the parent, the one of the love interest needs to work in toys? <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Anton Yelchin was in The Beaver. Yeah. Cannot believe that. I still, do you know what? I, I, po- I, right, Coming up in a few weeks, I appeared on another podcast called The Fundamentals, where I talked about Indiana Jones. 
And the, the, genuinely, the, the first point I mentioned was that fucking Spock directed Three Men and a Baby for the fourth week the in a row. The sequel. Oh, no, it was the first was, one. Yeah, yeah. Mate, he was the first one. He didn't sell out for sequel. That's the fourth week in a row. I can't let that go. <laughs> I told someone at work during a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, but the Beaver though, James. That's not, I feel I like we, I feel like we haven't sold this movie enough. I quite enjoyed it. I got it on DVD. I bought it off. Uh, I think I've got it off Amazon because again, at the time, I was like, "How, how did I not hear about this movie?" I um, genuinely think Beaver is a phenomenal. It's one of Bob Gibson's best films, especially during a time as well when not everyone was touching Mel Gibson. But I think Jodie Foster gets Mel Gibson. Mm. She always gets a good performance out. Pretty much, I, mean, I love Jodie Foster. There you go. There's an episode for future. How much do you love Jodie Foster? This was the year that Ricky Gervais hosted the Golden Globes and he was like... And he was brutal. He, he could, see, he was a, could see Mel Gibson back in jo, Jodie Foster's beaver. <laughs> Just at the, at the exact time it pointed to Jodie Foster. And to be fair, she laughed. Yeah, she enjoyed it. Which her. is good. Otherwise it'd be um, awkward. To, also that year when when not uh, when Mel Gibson isn't fondling a puppet, you've got X-Men First Class, which is... A phenomenal film. I love this one. This is one with Kevin Bacon. You're introduced to the X-Men, but they're a different X-Men. You know, Xavier can walk, mate. He, he meets young Magneto. They're friends to start with. There's a heartbreaking scene where Kevin Bacon kills young Magneto's family. It's a cracking film. It's really great. It takes the best elements of the original trilogy, transforms them into a great, what at the time you kind of hope is a standalone film, but Fox mm. has got to keep them right to make... I, I remember watching this uh, at the cinema and just being blown away. It was great. Because like, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of started falling out of love with the X-Men by this point. I have very fond memories of the first one. Second one was quite enjoyable. Third one was chaotic. But then we had the Wolverine Origins after this. All that kind of stuff. This. And then yeah. this comes along with Fassbender, McAvoy, Lawrence, Bacon. Yeah. I yeah. love this film. And the ending was brutal. Yeah, he just takes the submarine out of the, out the air. Oh, you was no, you done. Sorry, I'm thinking the I'm thinking the coin <laughs> sequence when when McAvoy's like channeling into Magneto, and he's like, "Don't do it!" Like th that is the point. If you cross this point, yeah, our paths are going either way. And the you know Magneto, um, uh, what's Mike Mag Fashbender? Yeah, what's Magneto's real name though? In it, uh, Eric Lenser. Eric. Eric he's like Eric. Don't do it. And and he's like, "Fuck it, no, I'm doing it because I'm a badass." Mm. And it kind of sets him up. Fastbender kind of sets up Magneto way more as an anti-hero yes. than, than a straight-up villain. But then I actually say that. Do you want to... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, actually, I suppose... Um, really good about this, just before, because it might influence how you think, is how the character of Night... Not Nightcrawler. Mystique. Raven. She's introduced at the beginning, isn't she? When you see the origins of the two people, Xavier has the house mm. but you don't have the family and she's morphed into her his mum yeah so like, I'll make you a sandwich he's like my mum has never offered to make me a sandwich who the dickens are you and they're friends and it's his relationship with Magneto which turns her at the end to turn on Xavier and basically become like a member of the Brotherhood mm. and I was really good because in the original trilogy I really loved Mystique the fact that we didn't know anything but I also liked in the prequel, that we actually developed a story. Although it doesn't actually make sense on the bigger scheme of things, but I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, that's it. The timelines yeah. don't make sense when you think about it. But, but that was really good. Magneto, <clears throat> Magneto's like relationship with Xavier is played out through Mystique. And I really love that. And Jennifer Lawrence does a really good job of being the conflicted villain. The only downside is, and I legitimately don't want to bring it up, but I'm going to, there's a character in it whose power is to adapt to any situation. I believe he's called Darwin. He cannot die because whatever you do... He, they make him eat an energy ball and he dies. I'm just like, he would have adapted. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> they killed off the best mutant. Dickheads. 
Sorry. No, no, no. Run James, over. This is a safe space. I mean, what if, I mean, after the Beaver, after X-Men, then then starting the Hunger Games. I was it was great. Patrick I know Everglean is 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 an awesome, awesome character. I tribute James. I I, I just think I, I I love the Hunger Games. I think people have their trilogies, you know. I know there's a lot of people that have Twilight as like their their films, you know, there are people that have Harry Potter as their films. Hunger Games, I kind of adopted as as something that I really got into because I love Battle Royale and I liked a lot of those kind of ideas. But then the Hunger Games, even now when I rewatch them, I'm like, how are they going to get around the killing of kids? <laughs> and they somehow, quite easily, and apparently. They quite do it, yeah. <laughs> and you've got Woody Harrelson, you've got Lenny Kravitz, you've got obviously like uh, Don Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks, yeah. Who, uh, called, who called her cat piss throughout the whole filming because uh, she'd come back the next day with the same stained blood because she wanted to get into the character. Oh, uh, right. So yeah, start calling a cat piss instead of a cat nest. But I, I I love the whole idea around the Hunger Games, the the story, how it unfolds. But also, if it was just a standalone film, I would have thoroughly enjoyed that as well. That world that you get dropped into, that scenario. I'm calling number three. I am calling Katniss Everdeen my number three. Her Silver, performance throughout all of them. Yes, Silver Line and Playbook straight away after. I mean, Christ Almighty. It's good, but my problem with it is that it's brilliant. It's, it's phenomenal, isn't it? <laughs> I it love really it. is. I I bought this film on Blu-ray and brought it around to show you and the wife one time. It's it's a fantastic film. I really love the book. I think the differences in the books to the film are they're too big. But I I'm not one of these people that actually I can easily separate them. I go they're completely different. I can separate them. This film's brilliant, and I think Jennifer Lawrence now. If you, let's be honest, the 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 cast that she's worked with are a higher caliber. Ending Bradley Cooper is probably as hot as he was at the time. He was Bradley Cooper fever. But then you got Robert De Niro. Like, the Robert De Niro. Can you imagine how much, as a young actress, you are able to just lap up Robert De Niro? Mm. And this was before Robert De Niro like, started doing really shit films. <laughs> it's like before he'd completely given up. It was still good. Like, like the internship or whatever. Yeah, that and that's all. But this is really good. This is a great film. She plays a different character as well, Young Widow. She just wants to dance, man. She wants to win a competition. She wants, she wants meaning in her life. She's a bit, she's a bit hard brittle you know she doesn't she's not got that soft center everyone's going through their different problems everyone's got a mental you know issue that they're trying to deal with and she develops and delivers some of the best acting she's great in this film mm. absolutely phenomenal i really really like it it's one of these films i like to go back to every few years and just be like jennifer Lawrence was this good then at 22 22 is mental i i, I really enjoyed this film although I, in the book she's supposed to be like a four-year-old woman <laughs> just I, I did. I really enjoyed it, and and it, I remember watching this film, thinking, "This is two people I know. I knew Jennifer Lawrence, but at the time, I knew Bradley Cooper at the time, doing performances that I wouldn't have thought that they would do." Yeah. And but also just good writing, and it's nice that it stems from you know source material of a of a world renowned book because they are interesting characters in an interesting story with interesting like relatives. Like the I I remember watching it, thinking the relationship with Bradley Cooper and and Robert De Niro's father and son was really real. It felt really, really relatable. Um, yeah, I really love this film. I think that's a contender for, for, for my top spot. It is my top spot. House at the End of the Street is the film that uh, Lawrence had, had made before Silver Lions Playboy. They weren't going to release in the cinema. It was a straight-to-DVD effort. But then I imagine... But then they jumped on the the, the, <laughs> the hype of Jennifer Lawrence and the Oscar win, or at least at the time, the nomination. And House at the End of the Street... Th- this is the thing about... We talk about now, like actors, maybe at the moment, and directors don't have the pulling power that they used to have to get people. Tom Cruise is, a, is an example of that at the moment. Tom Cruise alone 
isn't getting people in to watch Mission Impossible, which, which is, is a change. Which is weird. Last year he did. Last year yeah. he's the one that saved the cinema with Maverick. He yeah. did. <laughs> which this goes show House on the End of the Street was like a million pound film that made 40 odd million at the box office because everyone's talking about Jennifer Lawrence. She's so, got them gains, mate. Um, I haven't seen The Devil You Know. I have as well, but my understanding is she's not actually in it that much. She plays, is it Ros- Rosalind Pike, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm sure she plays like the flashbacks, the younger version of that character. Anyway, so, um, and then uh, Hunger Games Part Two, which is Catching Fire, which I love that one. That's the one that's got like really good supporting actors, isn't it? That that none of them actually want to be there. They're more adults because they're that's the one that they're all winners. They're winners coming back yes. for a, for a quarter quill because because Katniss Aberdeen, mate, she couldn't keep her end of the bargain and pretend to be in love with the guy who who I'm. I'll be honest, mate, he's such a boring character. No one should pretend to be in love with Peter. 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 Though if it was a choice between Peter and the guy who kills your sister, I'd probably go celibate, mate. <laughs> if I'm honest. If I had a choice. Just because he's the Witcher now. <laughs> Leave him alone. He kills his sister, mate. <laughs> I remember reading that in the book. It'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. I don't really remember why. He doesn't kill the sister. He, he, he organises he, his bomb, mate. He does the whole thing. I'm, I'm, I, I remember, you stick up for him. Stick no, up no, for no, me no, I, with I, you dick. I remember, I remember doing it at college. I can't remember what course it was. But I remember we were talking about like at the time, like there were terrorist attacks and stuff like that. Yeah, and it, it was like a, no, because I when I went to college, I did like a side course on things like orienteering and survival and yeah, like you know all that kind of stuff. And they were saying like one of the dangers is like if you were going to plant a bomb anywhere, plant it at the fire assembly point because that's where you're going to maximize casualties. Shit. Yeah, and that's his philosophy in this is he's like don't bomb the place. Don't 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 bomb where they're gonna go to. That's what he says. He says it in the second film, doesn't he? When he becomes a bit of when Liam Hemsworth's character becomes a bit of a like a general or a, a whatever in the resistance. He, it's he quite easy that, to get promoted he? in that as well, isn't it? It's like he's like nobody. It's like yeah, you're general. Yeah, <laughs> and in this, he's like you've got to get him somewhere. Then, but and so they put the bombs in the care packages, don't they? And he's, the sister is a is collateral damage in that. Nerd. <laughs> You think fucking nerd. But I, but I remember in the books being like, fucking hell, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. So so she dies from a care package. That's because pretty... She, and, and she's also become a medic by this point, trying to help people. It's yeah, fuck like, her. She deserved dark. it. She deserved but the, it but then. But the books are, I mean, the books are a lot darker. You know, there's certain characters that get like skinned and heads ripped off. And Jesus Christ. Sam Clefl- Cleflin's in this one. Is he? He's the good looking one. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's good in this. Yeah, I think in the third book, his head gets ripped off. Jesus Christ. But it does it in the film. But yeah, Hunger oh. Games. I I love them films. American Hustle, 2013. Uh, a phenomenal film. Mm. It, it, this is the film that I don't. When people think about American Hustle, it's not. It's never on anyone's like. It's never on like Christian Bale's top. It's never in Jennifer Lawrence's top. I think this was a very good film. And again, she's got great chemistry with, with Christian Bale, which is actually something that I do want to bring up. Um, is Jennifer Lawrence has some of the best chemistry with everyone. There's a film that we're not going to mention. There's a film we're going to mention in a bit that's not on our top three, Passengers. And she's got great chemistry with Chris Pratt as well. Mm. In fact, the fact that they have chemistry is the only reason to watch this film because it's an unwatchable piece of shit. <laughs> but it's their relationship. The actors actually have great chemistry, which is what keeps you slightly engaged in that film. And I'd like to point out her, she's really good in this film with Christian Bale. And this is, I rate this as a very underrated cracker of a film. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I, it's not my number two because my number two is coming up. X-Men Days of Future Past? No. The whore in me wants to do it because it's my favourite X-Men film. I love it. I love the mixture of old and new and she's great in it and the whole thing's following her and it's about how she 
in a way, creates the Sentinels, which adapt to any situation which kill the X-Men in the future. And I'd like to point out, that's one of my favourite comic book storylines. The X-Men's brilliant, and they got everything right. They even got fucking Tywin Lannister. Uh, Tywin Lannister. I've forgotten the actor's name. He's really irritating. Pete Dinklage. Got Pete Dinklage in it. I think he's great in it. I mm. love this film. I think this film's great. There's a scene where Wolverine, for no reason, stabs Elliot Page. <laughs> It's never explained. It's because he's freaking out a bit and he's lashing out and in the future he stabs Elliot Page and no one tries to like help her. <laughs> Fucking love this film. It's so good. Yeah, I, I, I quite like that one. Serena then came in that where you start thinking how many times did her and Bradley Cooper work together? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> also, American Hustle, Jeremy Renner. Never forget That's Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, Renner was in there. Yes. Sorry. Because Jeremy Renner's her fifth cousin apparently. There's some weird relation, really? like, yeah, if they, if they follow family trees. but um, don't, don't worry, it's also not the last time they're going to collab because I'm sure Robert De Niro is in Joy, isn't he? Isn't that what all of them are in? So Joy Joy was the one that was off the back of um, the Hunger Games, wasn't it? So Robert De Niro, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Sorry. Oh. Never apologise, James. Unfortunately, not even the great Jennifer Lawrence could save the horseshit sandwich that was X-Men Apocalypse, where you not only ruined my, one of my favourite baddies or my favourite heroes, but you also ruined my childhood. <laughs> Fuck you, X-Men Apocalypse. I remember... Never forget. <laughs> I remember at the time, post-credit scenes were big, and at the end of Days of Future Past, when you yes. see the four horsemen bit... Yeah, I fucking I, I didn't know what mate. that meant, and oh. I remember turning to a friend who I was with the cinema with and was like, you've no idea. Like, <laughs> and, the, and then, like, Apocalypse is coming... Yeah. This is like, this is huge. And it I, was it was huge, mate. I did the cinema, I was vibrating out of existence. Flash, flash forward to go to watch the apocalypse and yeah, be like, oh, yeah, oh, scary. <laughs> that is bad. Like, that is bad. <laughs> it's the personification. You always say this. <laughs> Every time you and I was like, I'm watching an X Men movie, you always go, why do people with metal fight Magneo? Mm. <laughs> but I love it in this one. All of their, all of their, like, powers get upgraded so he can control anything so what's the point yeah <laughs> just well, just leave also you know in that like in in the second x-men movie um where he extracts the iron out of a person's blood which is cool yeah it's just cool. do that all the time forever <laughs> like, just... um is this the one yeah this is where jennifer lawrence was not playing mystique anymore and she fucking dies doesn't she mm. she dies early <laughs> because she's like I am not putting on that blue makeup I'm getting the fuck out of this film franchise because I've seen that you're doing The Phoenix and I'm fucking getting out well, of this franchise by this point they'd changed to a blue bodysuit instead ah. of blue paint but there's a really funny fact I think it stays a future past um, or it could have been first class but the blue paint was that bad that she stained the blue bath in the apartment she was living in at the time of filming and she lost the deposit money for Jesus it. Christ. But I think by Apocalypse, it was a bodysuit and they only had to paint her face. Passengers is a really odd film to talk about because yeah. they, they hyped it up. Chris Pat's hot at the time. It Jennifer was. Lawrence is huge, you know. Michael Sheen randomly in it. Y Michael Sheen. I would watch a film which it's just Michael Sheen and Michael Fassbender's um, uh, from uh, the Prometheus, Alien films, yeah. yeah. Um, I would have it with them two are just on a ship together cleaning and maintaining it. It's Lawrence Fishburne, the guy that randomly wakes up halfway through the film and tries to help them. And then at the end, it's Andy, fucking, I'm sure it's Andy Garcia. It turns out to be the captain. And he's like, he got paid for 15 seconds. Yeah. This this film is odd because what the it setup- fucking is as well. <laughs> the, the setup, you know, was, uh, was about this kind of dooms shuttle for Chris Pratt's character going to the new world. His pod malfunctions, so he wakes up and then- 
And I think you've got a really cool storyline there. Yeah. Like he, he's been woke up, but he doesn't know why. And then he sees a girl that he that he's never met before. He's fallen in love with her video introduction. That's on the on the like he, he hacks the system as you would. There's nothing wrong with this part. And he starts diving through personal information. And so far, you're like, okay, I can see that the guy, be, be, the guy's going to be alive. He he's can't. Gonna, yeah, yeah, he's going to be dead before they get to the arrival. Yeah, he's, he's woken like, up. He's they, they won't arrive for another years, eighty yeah. years or something. So he and will he'll be, be dead. dead. So it doesn't matter what he does because he will not get there because his pod is broken. He can't get back into it. You're and, right. This point. You do what you want on this shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've only got mine, Shane, who's like a bartender. Everyone it, would be waking up with graffiti on their face if I was on that shit. Yes. Yes. If that was me. I would stir shit up, mate. Mm. I, I would move stuff. I wouldn't be a dick about it. I'd move their shoes, though. So <laughs> then they got up. They're like, they're not my shoes. Why have I got clogs? <laughs> you know, like the most random shit. But he doesn't. He goes that one step further. He kills a woman. <laughs> he wakes up Jennifer Lawrence's character. Knowing condemn- that he can't pull back to sleep. Yeah, condemning her to death. Because he fancies her. Yeah. And I remember the first in, the first review came out like, bit rapey. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then I went and watched it. And that's all I could think about. And then the world went crazy. You either went into this film and didn't see that, or you could not not see that. And it destroyed this film, didn't it? It like, did. It just, everyone was like, well, Chris Pratt's character is, is massively... A dick. A dick. Because <laughs> you know, there's no... And it's weird that Chris Pratt, as an actor, didn't go, oh, I'm, I'm not really that comfortable maybe, with this. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done And that. I know he needs to because it creates the moment where she realises that he what he's done if and they a, have to have that showdown where she's like, you've done this to me. If there's a decision, like two bods are about to explode because there's problems with the ship so you could write it in yeah. and he saves one but during the course of that he accidentally wakes her up Yeah. and then the storyline plays out the same where he doesn't say that he woke her up he just tries like because he wanted to be angry with her. It is more understandable than what happens, but in the end, it plays off as like this heroic thing that he, that he like, because when they save the day, the medical bay, they realize they can put one of them to sleep, and he's like, "I'll do the bigger thing, I will let you sleep." And you're sat in the audience going, "Yeah, you fucking woke her up, dickhead." Yeah. Yes, <laughs> she chooses not to, and instead they plant a tree right in the middle of the fucking ship, which would be great if it grew over and destroyed the ship and they all died. Just saying, it is an odd film. It's an odd film, not not that good as well. Their chemistry is pretty good though. Um. Then after that is the, the uh, mother. It is my number two. It's a good film. Yeah. You have to really get into it though. It's I, it is a great film. Darren Aronofsky movie, heavier bar them in it. The, it it creates the new rule. If Ed Harris knocks on your door, don't answer it. Because really, from this movie onwards, if Ed Harris ever comes into a film, stay away from Ed Harris. Stay the fuck away from Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, on fire. Um. Oh no, it's Dark Phoenix that she does. Right, sorry, go around. Two Gleasons. You got Domino and Brian Gleason in this movie. The best of the Gleasons. It's not the, the best, though, is it? I know, you could, but he's the queen. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's 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 the queen. Mother's intense because the first forty minutes is quite straight. Yeah, you have us. Yeah. The second forty minutes. What? What? Yeah. And it's mad. Just 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 treat Mother Nature all right. <laughs> That's don't, it. Don't don't do what happens in this film. This, this but then, is, but then this you go out. You go out into the real world, and we do. So this is the film that you can. You, you afterwards, you have to digest over a beer, and you need to find someone and talk to them and be like, what, 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 "What do you what do you think all that meant?" But it's a Naranovsky movie, so it's gonna it's gonna create that. Um, I love Mother Red Sparrow. Um, didn't see it. Gonna admit, I wanted to see it. Didn't see it. Considering that we talked uh, talked about at the beginning of this a kind of intelligence service movie with Gal Gadot in it. You know, this one, Russian ballet dancer slash espionage secret agent. Mm. Red Sparrow was a good film. It 
it was one of them where a lot of people had seen it, it as like, oh, it was gorier than I thought it was going to be. And it yeah. was, you know, there was a, someone does get a lot of skin taken off him in one particular scene. There were so scenes was, of torture. When uh, Marvel weren't making uh, an origin story for Black Widow, so they were like, oh, we'll do one then. Red Sparrow. Yeah, 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 you could could do that. Yeah, Joel Edgerton's in it. it it's yeah, I, I like Red Sparrow. I didn't see the cinema, but when it came out on streaming services, I rushed to see it, and it was yeah, it was quite quite violent, but mm. good. Yeah, good film. Fair enough. Dark Phoenix. That's the one where she gets out early. She gets out in the first film. Yeah, the first like act, she's gone. Uh, don't look up. Loved it. Adam we talked about it loads. Absolutely. Adam McKay's turn that corner, and by turn that corner, I think I've always loved him. Great film. Great. Great use of Jennifer Lawrence as well. And then there's Causeway, which I haven't seen, which came out in 2022. I I'm don't gonna... know if it got a cinema release over this way. I haven't seen it. And then, of course, the new one um, that she's also produced, No Hard Feelings. Which I have seen. Which is... Um, I know you went to go watch this because it's got Matthew Broderick in it. Yeah, and I love Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I know, that's what I mean. So um, just, 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 just to wrap it up now, we won't go too much into it. I'm going to tell you now that she's struggling, mate. You know, she's got a house to pay for. She, her cars are getting, her cars getting repossessed from the cousin from Bear. And I was like, oh my god, this guy's like his career's come from nowhere. Like he just plays like a dick, and now he's not really love interest, but they're ex lovers. He's taking a car. What's she gonna do? Well, she seems an ad in Craigslist from Matthew Broderick and his wife. They want someone to get their nineteen-year-old son out of their shell before he goes to Princeton University or college. And she, a thirty-two-year-old woman. Decides to fuck this 19-year-old. Yeah. Yep. If you change the sex of this film, this film's not getting made. <laughs> Just telling <laughs> now, if a 32-year-old man was paid to have sex with this 19-year-old girl, <laughs> fucking no one would watch this film. Tell you what, Jennifer Lawrence puts a lot more effort into this. She gets naked in this film for this film. I'm just saying that she goes out extra, maybe it's because she's produced it. It's funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like genuinely, there are parts like generally she goes to a house party and like from our generation, a house party is like, you know, very secret, but her, the, the, the party's host parents are actually there. There's like generational jokes where she uses um, an insult, which isn't an insult. It's like, you've got to be inclusive now. She gets told off for it. It's not good, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm going to find the positives, mate, because next week, if you've seen Ant-Man 2, I'm going to be bringing the positives. I don't think it's that bad. Ant-Man 3, James. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I read a review this week from The Guardian that was like, um, audiences being turned off by a female, a full frontal female nudity. And the examples were this movie and Scott Johansson in the new um, Wes Anderson film. I just think this is a weird film and, to do that. But in, then also, right? I was like, who's bothered about that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 don't, I don't know anyone the, who's upset about that. The, the scene is that she goes skinny dipping with a 19 year old boy, who, by the way, is a proper weird, like, doesn't want to have sex with Jennifer Lawrence. They're like, well, bullshit. <laughs> Call bullshit immediately. <laughs> it's Jennifer Lawrence and you're you. Like, shut the fuck up. Anyway, some kids come and steal the clothes. She chases after them because no one would think that she'd just run out of the sea naked and beats the piss out of him. And it's like, that's funny. Don't actually need to see it, though. Is it unnecessary? And it's like, it's the selling point that you get, are we like 13 again? And you're like, I'll see this film because there's a naked person in it. You're like... I was watching this film to see Jennifer Lawrence naked. I genuinely was shocked. I would watch. Would it make more sense to see Matthew Broderick naked? Oh, why is he not? Yeah, he's oh, I'm not watching it. Though. He's got hair swept back like a proper dick, though. Like, like when you're sat when you're sat in bed and you're just thinking about the biggest dick in the world and a hairstyle. Matthew Broderick's Matthew Broderick. got it. So, so what is your favourite Jennifer Lawrence? My movie? number one, mm. without a shadow of a doubt, the Dancing Widow in Silver Lines Play. is brilliant. Is that film is untouched? It's so good. 
Right. Yeah, then randomly intersect that with a bet about an NFL game with Robert De Niro and his loan shark. Mm. It's fucking brilliant film. It, it, it is a brilliant film. And I think looking at him, it's the best performance. Yeah. But my favourite is The Hunger Games. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. It's, it's, it, it went up against some giants and it stays. It's a very good film. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm weird in the camp that I, I want to see the prequels that they're doing, the snow kind yeah. of prequels. Don't understand. Is it about his rise to power then? They come out soon, don't they? Yeah, the first trailer's dropped for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's about his rise to power. It's about his, I think it's like the eighth Hunger Game. Yep. You know, so when, and because I think, no, I, I'm skating on thin ice in case they're a super dire fan, but I think one of the winners in the second film, it's that character because there's a really, there's a, there's a much older returning champ in the second film, isn't right. there? That they look after. Yeah, it's there's a, an elderly the, the lady, lady that, yeah. that I, someone volunteers to I think it's protect. her win. Oh, right. Okay. Later on uh, uh, from, from the prequel, which is like the eighth Hunger Game. I think that's the one that's following off. I don't know. I could be wrong. That, that and that could well, we'll have changed. We'll find out. But I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I think Snow's an interesting character. I think, yeah, you can't do anything else with the Katniss character. Um, leave it as is. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's my favourite. I love Don't Look Up. I think she's brilliant right. in it. Yeah. I think, but that, that's an ensemble cast where everyone brings their A game. They do. And it's funny as hope. Um, and X-Men First Class. Yeah, she was great. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Shouldn't have killed off Darwin. Rookie mistake. That's true. But, you know, so what did we talk about this week? Well, I told you that you should definitely go and watch Barbie. If you haven't watched Barbie, there's something seriously wrong with you. Go and help this film make two billion. Honestly, go help this film make two billion. It's a cracking film that you'll love of all the ages. Men, women, sausages, everyone will mm. adore this film. Unless you're a Michael Cera fan, because then you might be like, more Michael Cera. Sorry. Strong words. Strong words. And then we've also agreed that if you like Jennifer Lawrence, we like Jennifer Lawrence. We're in we're in agreement. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what And if we're in agreement, that. don't forget to like and subscribe for a new episode each and every week. Leave us a review. We do release new episodes each and every week on a different movie topic or theme. If you've got an idea, because the the well does run dry some well weeks. Off run dry. Let us know because there's another eight to Z coming. <laughs> we've obviously at the moment through August, we are asking the question. Who is the coolest character in cinema? The bar is Indiana Jones. Can anyone beat Can Indiana be? Jones? And we've had some left fielders, mate. We've had yeah. some left fielders. You'll find out in about two weeks' time. So our last episode in August will be revealing uh, revealing that. So, um, yeah, that is our show for this week. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.